Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I'm sorry, welcome back to Clone Saga Chronicles, uh, a Clone Saga podcast powered by Spidey-Dude.com. I am your usual host who always hosts this show all the time for years, Donovan Working Grant. And with me, I am joined by a guy who has nothing to do with this website whatsoever, Zach Joyner. Yeah, nothing to do with the website, just founded it and started the podcast with Josh. Yeah, all those things. Also with us tonight, for some reason, is Gerard Delatour. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> and al- along with uh, uh, Gerard is delightful Mr. Greg Bashansky. Delightful. Yes, that's me. Now, um, full disclosure, folks, I am not feeling the best, and so Donovan has graciously accepted the uh, baton for hosting duties for this episode. Yes, and graciously accepted it. He snatched it away from you when you weren't expecting it. I know. The baton is covered in sweat. (laughs) Hey, you're a wimp, Zach. I actually covered the entire Vanessa Marshall interview while sick. I was helping you, you jerk. Yes, you were. You were. (laughs) So, um... We're full of the Christmas cheer for this episode, although who knows when this episode will come out. Hey, it'll come <laughs> out before Christmas. Of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast, the podcast where we talk about the adventures of Ben Riley, who is actually appearing again, uh, not only in the, in the comic books for this episode, but also in Spider-Verse, the storyline that all of us unabashedly love. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I, and I, I asked earlier off the mic, uh, just, I, I, I forgot because I'm distracted. You guys have not mentioned that on the show as of yet? Have you mentioned it on Spec Radio? We've mentioned it on Spec Radio. We talked. Uh, we actually recorded an episode of Mayday Mondays, but we actually haven't really discussed it all that much on, on CSC because it's been a month of Sundays since we've actually recorded an episode of CSC. Um, for those that are just following along um, on CSC and not listening to other shows, which if you're not listening to other shows, why aren't you? Uh, I actually got married, and I'm having a baby. Hooray! <laughs> so Zach, Zach himself is having the baby. I am having the baby, yes. My wife is having the baby, and uh, we're excited. And uh, it will be a... Um, oh, I guess I'll announce the sex of the baby. 
since I haven't announced that yet. Oh, it's a, uh, what is it? It's a girl. Yeah, breaking, breaking news. Zag is having a, a, uh, a girl. Well, well, I was trying to think of a word. He's having a baby girl. I'm having he's a baby ha- girl. He's having a baby mayday. I'm not having a little mayday. We, we haven't, she didn't like May. So. Aww. Hey, I, I, I'm just, I'm just happy she's using the middle name for what the middle name is. We still haven't decided on the first name yet. Well, good thing you're not naming her May. J.R. Fettinger might show up and whisk the baby away to Europe. <laughs> yeah. Do we have a due date? Uh, late May. <laughs> it writes itself. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. And she was likely conceived in, like, October. So I want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm doing the math right now with your wedding date. All right. I carry over the it one. Before the uh, wedding. Oh no, is that Norman Osborne? That child is mine! Hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta ca- carry the two. Yeah. Shenanigans! Whoa! My, radioa- my radioactive spider sperm. You know Isn't what? your wife also redheaded? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. I, do I don't have a sad. I don't have a if you see JR showing up, don't let him anywhere near the pregnancy. Just don't. He's gonna do something he- evil. And I'm yeah. just kidding. JR, we all love you. This is all one big marketing ploy for spidey-dude.com, isn't it? <laughs> this is actually a giant marketing stunt for uh, for, the, for the website, yes. But no, we're excited, um, and you know, we're just we're just so happy that we're here now, and, and we're still finding a, a home. But uh, once we find the find the right place, then we're uh, we're gonna be set. Excellent! Congratulations to you guys uh, making the spidey-dude.com family all the bigger with. Um, a Mary Jane and a Mayday Parker, even though those aren't the names. <laughs> That's what we'll call them. How's that sound? Sweet. And we, we, we want to protect the names of the innocent, so. It's true. It's like Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Dum dum. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, as of this date, I don't think you guys care if we date the show. But uh, I'm looking at my, because I've been reading comics on phone, comicsology, and like since issue 9, and, and the last ASM's come out recently, it's been issue 11. Uh,. Oh no! I'm sorry. Since issue seven, uh, that's when they started doing the whole Miss um, um, Marvel Spider Girl stories. Like we've had, like the last, the last five issues, we've had Spider Verse tease, and then Spider Verse is now going on with a uh, Spider Verse team up, and then the Spider Verse title itself, which confuses me. But we've had, we've seen Mayday Parker uh, go through some horrible things. We've seen Ben Riley show up, and he's he's in his own miniseries with Kane and Jessica. Dr- What's her last name? Drew? Drew. Yeah, it's Jessica Drew. Ultimate Jessica Drew in um, Scarlet Spiders, which I, I kind of like. So there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of uh, news going on as it pertains to our show because our favorite clones and daughters have had some trials and tribulations, and they're mattering again. Um, I know that you guys really, really hate what's happened to Mayday lately, and I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. Do you want to mention that briefly? <laughs> um, um, I have I haven't read any of the new comics because I find that I'm happier if I don't read them. That, yeah, I, I think um, I'm pretty much, besides you, Don, I'm pretty much the only one of the panel that's still following all the books. Uh, there's been some really good, and I was going to say this, I'm glad you mentioned it, there's been some really great Ben Riley moments. Um, oh, yeah. In, 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 so far, and there's been some really good interactions with Kane. I thought the Scarlet Spiders... Um, Miniseries for a miniseries actually was probably one of the stronger ones we've seen this year, um, considering the most tie-ins are not usually that good. Um, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed, and it may be because of pure nostalgia, 
But uh, I, I just think it's a really interesting concept. Uh, universe 1994 is the universe that uh, <laughs> is the universe that uh, had Ben Riley as Spider-Man continue on, which is really kind of cool. I said the real Clone Saga, right? I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's ever been confirmed. There's an image I saw recently that showed like like the the roll call, the roll call for all the Spider characters in Spider Verse, and there legitimately is like you know a Spider Man Ben Riley and a Scar Spider Ben Riley. Although we've not seen Scar Spider Ben Riley yet. Um, in oh, addition yeah. to yeah, the um, um, the first first poster right had both of them on there. Yeah, and it's been confirmed. I, I know that, and um, we've also had like Flash Thompson Spider Man and Betty Brant Spider Man, but or Spider Woman, but we'll, we'll see them die eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think she did die in the last issue of Spider Verse. Um, the last one that I read, we we lost Spider Monkey, and um, so Captain, sad. Captain Universe Spider Man, which was like telegraphed to hell and back. I'll never die. Spoilers for that issue that you probably have already read by the time this episode comes out. Um, but um, yeah, we've had uh, uh, we've had that. We've had Spider Team Up, which I've honestly enjoyed with the different Spider Men going around. We've had Miles yeah. and um, Cartoon Ultimate Spider Man Team Up. <laughs> that was actually, that was actually kind of kind of cute. I, I like the fact that uh, they're playing with the whole cartoons. Uh, well, they're playing. Well, not yeah. They're playing with the idiocy of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, where he sits there and talks with the reader. You know, yeah, and, and they assume like um like like Miles and uh, Ultimate Drake Bell are just web slinging, and then like Drake Bell has this little uh, imaginary cartoon pop up, and Miles is like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Um, Gerard's smiling, so I'm, I'm wondering why. Maybe it reminds he has... me of Turtles Forever when Raphael, no, or Honey yelled at the 1980s Raphael. Why do you keep doing that? Who are you talking to? There's no one there. Yeah, I, I like the references too. Like, kind of, it's breaking the fourth wall in an obvious way. And but I, some, I mean, some of them, some of them I, I don't care for. But like, I liked the. Uh, the Penelope Parker one. I really like the whole news newsprint one where they repeated everything they said. <laughs> yeah, or that's the only like like Dan Slot Slot has you know the balls to kill off every single beloved Spider-Man, but he can't kill off the Stan Lee one because well, you know reasons. Well, so I think that Josh said that like that one's actually going on, so he can't kill off that one and cancel the news strip. Right. Right. Well. We can also say that Christopher Daniel Barnes Spidey is safe because Slot thinks that the Unlimited Spidey is the same as him, and even though he's not spectacular, Spidey is safe because they can't use him, and Tobey Maguire is safe. Hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that doesn't stop them from using Andrew Garfield's likeness in the, in the 616. Oh my god, that was horrifying! <laughs> yeah, explain that to me. What the hell happened? Oh, so, okay, so who, anybody who's read uh, Jeff Johns' uh, Superman Secret Origin from like the like, before the New 52 will recognize how Gary Frank drew Superman as Christopher, Christopher Reeve all the time. Yeah, Olivier, Olivier, Olivier Copiel has drawn... Both Spider-Man, basically the Peter Parker characters, there's a bunch of Peter Parkers here, like Andrew Garfield, to the point where he looks butt ugly. And I don't think Andrew Garfield's an ugly dude, but like he looks ugly in this comic book. It's it's hideous. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of it's bizarre. Um, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I have grown to kind of like I say kind of like I, I do en- I am enjoying Spider-Verse right now. It's not the best story, but it's and on an entertainment value and on like you know, sort of a fanboy value. I am getting enjoyment from it. I recognize that it's not perfect, and I know there's betrayal in it. Um, I said, I, I mentioned before, Gerard's been like, you know, uh, deceptively silent throughout the entire time. Does he have any thoughts on this? Uh oh. I think 
I like the concept. I just don't like what they're doing with the concept. Uh, it, it's a fun concept, but it, yeah, it's it should not be a really lot more idea. fun than it is. It shouldn't be. He, sh- he shouldn't be going around executing these characters. It, he, it, he it's really a false. Shouldn't. It's a false narrative. It, it, well, it's not false. Let me rephrase that. It's a narrative that just doesn't ring. It rings very hollow. Uh, it, it, all all these deaths have done is to, to try to make these stakes, but they're not earning the stakes by 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 doing it this way. It's just become senseless, mindless violence. And I think if 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 you <clears throat> if you look at all these, if you look at literary work, really good literary works, they earn those deaths. Yeah, like Gwen Stacy. Yeah, like Gwen Stacy. I mean, the, the Gwen Stacy death was earned. And I do like what they've done with Spider Gwen and, and Peter. And oh yeah, that's nice. Uh, that was that's I've said that, uh, that before. That yeah. was my favorite uh, my favorite new character to come out of uh, of the Spider Verse story. But uh, you know, it just you're right. Gwen Stacy's death was earned. It had this, impact. To me, that I, I don't think that the, these deaths will have any long lasting impact. Yeah, this is just shock value. I think it'll be reversed by the end of the story. To be honest, I think everybody uh, who's died will come back to life. I see. I, I think so too because. Spider-Man 20... Uh, remember the Spider-Man 2099 Superior story? Like, <laughs> Superior Spider-Man is confused. <laughs> and it all starts when he goes to 2099. was the start of Spider-Verse. Right. So, yeah. by the time he gets back, you know, he has to complete this, the circle, so to speak. And, you know, it's kind of like the side adventure that, you know, is the last gasp of Superior. There was a showdown between Peter and, and uh, Peter Puss... And the latest issue of ASM, which I, I, which I quite liked. Um, I don't get a chance to talk about ASM anymore, so I, I need to milk it while I can. But, um, Maybe one of these days we'll start a, another podcast dealing with the current events, by the way. We'll see. In the, in the distant future of next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'd, be all for, I'd be all for that. Um, is there anything else we want to mention about Spider-Verse before we move on to 20 years ago? <laughs> in the, yeah. These comics? yeah let's, let's move on to 20 years ago, I'd say. Okie dokie. Uh, now, I'm not recapping any of these. Uh, you lovely co-hosts or co- uh, panelists or however you want to be called are. I believe, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, we are beginning with the Dan Durgan's written and illustrated Sensational Spider-Man number one. We are. Sensational Spider-Man issue one, written and drawn by Dan Jurgens. We open with a newspaper vendor doing what I do this time of year and complaining about how much he hates New York winters. Spider-Man buys a newspaper detailing the storm of the century as well as the brand spanking new Mystery Vision network on cable Ben heads to work at the Daily Grind where he is introduced to one Jessica Carradine who notices the lack of students at the coffee shop which surely blames on a new Mystery Vision everyone including their son is watching it clearly Rupert Murdoch is behind this good god Ben notices Jessica reading the textbook on photography and deduces that she is a photo student over at Centennial U, and mentions that he used to dabble in photography. When Ben expresses surprise that she is not home for the holidays, Jessica reveals that she has no family. Like Harry Osborne and Eddie Brock before her, her mother died when she was just a baby. But unlike Harry and Eddie, her father was the greatest guy, but died in her teens, and she bounced from foster home to foster home. As Jessica and Ben flirt, Shirley proves to be the most easy-going boss on the planet and lets Ben go hang out with Jessica while she develops film. They head to the college, and Ben suddenly recognizes Jessica as the girl who was taking pictures of him when he first went out. Jessica clearly has an interest in Spidey, but before they can head into the dark room, ooh, Dr. 
Dr. Ramirez bumps into them and runs off to an emergency, which prompts Ben to cancel their quote-unquote date so he can return the DIT chip. He changes into Spidey and enters Ramirez's office, only to find him captivated by mystery vision. Ben also feels compelled to watch, but as he pulls away, he discovers newspaper clippings detailing mystery vision kicking the asses of the major networks. And since it's the 90s and AMC hasn't aired Breaking Bad or The Walking Dead yet, Ben figures something must be up and uses his weapon <laughs> to block the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> Ramirez explains that he spent years developing a special chip that would translate thought into broadcast images, and once perfected, writers, directors, cameras, and actors would be eliminated, or it applied to TV programming. Well, this is pretty close to reality TV. One person could dream up their own show and watch it. Does anyone else think the majority of this would be really creepy porn? Uh, I've seen a lot of things on the internet, so... There's things on the internet I can't unsee. Yes. Thinking there's more to this, Ben swings off to the Mystery Vision offices where a Christmas special displaying a demonic Rudolph is playing on the monitors. Spider-Ben scales the bill into the executive office where he meets the, the network president, Randolph Hines, who tricks Ben into donning special 3D glasses, then quickly reveals himself to be Mysterio, jamming Ben's spider sense. Mysterio unleashes Rudolph in the city, and as Spuddy chases him, Mysterio monologues that when Spuddy put on the glasses, he unknowingly placed film like adhesive over his eyes and sees the illusions, believing them to be real. Spider-Man equals viewers equals viewers equal ratings and ratings equal dollars. Spidey's web shooters freeze and he begins falling to his death. <laughs> Where he died the end. <laughs> Where he died the end, yes. Yes, he died. End of podcast. Uh, 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 and he never was seen again. Yes. <laughs> Until ASM 4 away. <laughs> but, um... So what do we think of this issue? I think we're gonna let's just do all all three issues. Okay. And the recaps, and then we'll just talk about the, the story as a whole. That I guess that takes us into ASM four weight. Impossible be my dream. Yes. All right. Written by Tom DeFalco. Pencil by pencil by Mark Bagley. Yay. Larry Monistat did the inks. Bill Oakley was the letterer. Bob Sharon the colorist. Malibu did the colorist. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hate the coloring of all these comics. Uh, Malibu did the color separations, and Bob Bielinski is the editor. Uh, yeah? Uh, middle, middle thumbs. Yeah. Eh. Alright, so Impossible Be My thumbs. Dream. It's like that, that sound keep at the end of the Street Fighter movie. It's like, I don't know. All right, oh, so or like uh, or Joaquin Phoenix before he decides a thumb up or thumb down. Exactly. Yes, like Gladiator. Anyway, um, so... Ben Riley is falling to his doom, but wait, he uses his sticking ability to slow his downward momentum as he ricochets from building to building. Each brief contact costs another layer of skin, or worse, but he'd rather be back on blue than red and pulpy. So, uh, he then grabs onto the side of the building, where he then passes out. <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> then we have, um, the vulture, I mean, um, like, some owl thing from, yeah... Uh, we have uh, Mysterio. He's uh, monitoring the situation. Before we get, we cut to the vault, where we have wh guys. Who does this guy look like? It's uh... Smithers. Yeah, he does look <laughs> like Smithers. Smithers. Like, yeah, he looks like Smithers. So uh, Smithers then breaks three, free, thanks to technology, and is revealed to be Armada. We then cut to the bulk of the issue, which is going to focus on two street urchins, where he's talking about. 
blades take care of their own. Yeah. Yes. Metal Gear. <laughs> Sorry, that was my that, that was my phone. Sorry. Snake is in trouble. Every anyway. time I get that text message, <laughs> somebody saw Snake. <laughs> Pull out the box. Anyway, uh, so we cut then to Ben Riley, whose shoulder is really bad shape, but it doesn't feel dislocated. His left, but his left arm is practically still useless. He then jumps down into a crowd where a blade is going to be attacked by a, a member of other street gangs. But as, but as Ben starts fighting these street urchins, he realizes that they're monsters. He must be connected to Mysterio. Meanwhile, Mysterio says it's magnificent. So uh, he then talks about that it can't fizzle. I, he can't fizzle out like Die Hard Three or Star Trek. Star Trek. Whoa, 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 whoa! Die, Thar- Die Hard Three was awesome. <laughs> it does fizzle out at the end, though. Uh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. It ends kind of. Contrivedly, but that movie, I love that's my one of my that's my favorite Die Hard film. Really, one's my favorite. <laughs> I really, I, I do love. I, I do agree with you though. Die Hard with a Vengeance is awesome. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. Me too. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, getting back to a recap, Armada is flying through the air with the greatest of ease, while Ben Riley is talking with the street urchin, trying to um, trying to convince him that the life of crime isn't uh, hmm, the life of crime doesn't exactly pay. He then follows them before. Um, he has to jump by uh, the blades. <laughs> but before the blades get jumped by the other rival gang, Armada comes around saying that he's going to execute Spider-Man. <laughs> so uh, Sakim then all of a sudden is with Ben Rally, giving his life story, and of course the the flying bird of doom returns back because Ben Riley's spider sense is tingling. The monsters have returned, and Ben has realized that this little mechanical bird is the reason that Ben is having some of these mm, these these uh, hallucinations. No, it's Meanwhile, not. Uh, yeah. Mysterio is able to spy on him through this. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly, exactly. I was being I was being facetious. That's what Ben thinks. So, um, Armada shows up with his with his goons that are all named female names because this guy can never actually get a female if he sa- if he could save his life. Anyway, one of the female, one of the robots, <laughs> one of the robots gets on his gets on his back, and uh, Ben Riley and probably one of the best scene of the entire issue to to me where where Ben is getting zapped and he's finding a way. He will find a way to defeat Armada. On fire. Yeah, he's on fire. Uh, he's literally on fire. <laughs> Spider-Man's on fire. Good God! <laughs> but then, of course, the Deuce Ex Machia shows up in the form of the former street urchin. He's got to save the spider dude. Haha! <laughs> See what I did there? Because he owes him. Yes, he owes him. So it's not his problem. Let's roast. Hang the streets. There's got to be another way, a better way. I totally hate to ruin your death scene, but I'd rather. I really wish you'd hurry things along. And then, of course, Armada gets distracted by bullets. Yes, these bullets being fired from the street urchin's gun. Street urchin's gun. Of course, Armada laughs in his face. But it's long enough for Ben to be distracted and, well, pulverize Armada. And in the other best scene of the issue, Ben Riley finally says, Anovial 90s techno bobble crap, and rips his chest plate completely off. <laughs> Ben also realizes that uh, he's finally seen that uh, the transparent lenses were coverings for his eyepieces the entire time. No wonder he was seeing the monsters. And of course, in typical mysterious fashion, K- 
curse that overconfident wall crawling clown? What? No. Who is Spider-Man to rewrite my work? How dare he survive Armada's assault? I am the world's greatest showman. It was my genius, my vision that created the Mystery Vision Network. And soon, very soon, my incapable intellect, which will finally orchestrate a most humiliating finale for the not-so-amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> I love that that soliloquy. It just makes me laugh. Of course, of course, the uh, get to the yeah, it's very, 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 very melodramatic and super delicious, which is which is right up Tom DeFalco's alley. We get then get to the final scene of the issue where Ben confronts Street Urchin, which is he's going to be called Street Urchin because well, yeah, you can't pronounce his real name. Riff raff, street raff. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Awesome. Anyway, um, Ben, you know, tells him that that's the question, you know, on his mind. Could he become a lawyer? Could he become somebody, somebody honorable? And he walks away into the mist. Meanwhile, Jamie, as it was told, which was his initiator slash leader, the street urchin's initiator slash leader, he uh, gets told that um, Sakim, Sakim, Shakim, Shakim, Shakim is his main man, and he gets a free pass. Anybody messes with him will also mess with me. I trust I'm not being overly subtle, except for the time that I get impaled in the back and die. <laughs> because I know that's, that's going to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm skipping ahead. And then Spider-Man, then Ben swings off to fight in Spider-Verse. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's actually Spider-Man number 65, Media Blizzard Part 3 of 3. Which uh, leads us into that. Right? I guess I should probably talk about that crap, right? Because um, <laughs> I got the recap for this one. Spider-Man 65, Media Blizzard Part 3, Unplugged. It's written by Howard Mackey, penciled by John Romita Jr. and Tom Morgan, inked by Al Williamson and Dick Giordano, and co colored by Kevin Tinsley. We begin with Spider-Man heading over to the abandoned theater which he found Mystery Vision's headquarters in back in uh, Sensational Number 1. I, for some reason, have written a spectacular number one in my notes. That's wrong. Whoops. Whoops. But instead, he finds an abandoned theater, of course, because that's what it is. Mysterio is hightailed it out. They are relocating to a midtown skyscraper for a large-scale party for his now highly successful network. And they even have a little graphic to show you that it's kicking the ass of, like, Fox and, and NBC and stuff. <laughs> The next afternoon, Ben is awoken by Jessica arriving at his completely filthy apartment. After quickly getting cleaned up, Ben and Jessica head out on their date, although she doesn't like calling it that. But they're interrupted on the way by an accident where, in which a, uh, what is it, a mail truck or something skids out and, you know, on the ice and then crashes. Ben thinks that he needs to come up with an excuse to leave, only for Jessica herself to run off to get photos, providing him with the excuse he needed. Spidey saves someone while the from the accident while Jessica stands nearby and starts photographing the, the scene, after which Ben realizes she's actually more interested in photographing him than she is anything else with the accident scene. After a couple of incidents of people being entranced by mystery vision programming, both on the sidewalk and then later in his civilian guise when he goes back to the Daily Grind, Ben goes to Dr. Ramirez for some help, reverse engineering the uh, those stupid lenses that Mysterio had slapped on his eyes earlier, to, <laughs> use, to reverse engineer it so that he can track where the signal is coming from so he can find Mysterio. Spidey finds Mystery Vision's completely non-secret hideout, and he goes inside <laughs> where he starts to face off against, like, a... Oh my god, what is it? There's a dragon? 
And then there's like, was there something else? Or yeah, there's like a bunch of snake things and stuff. All a bunch of holograms that Mysterio is tossing at him. But he fights through that. He gets to the transmitter, destroys it. And, and with it, he destroys Mystery Vision's ability to control people's minds and the visions that are attacking him. So even though Mysterio has backups that allow the network to continue broadcasting, he doesn't have the will of the people on his side. So they all start to realize all his stuff that he's airing is a bunch of crap, just like, you know, NBC in real life. And then they start tuning out in droves and... Well done. <laughs> <laughs> they start tuning out in droves and the ratings just plummet and he's finished and gets carted away by Spider-Man. <laughs> I was gonna say it's more like the. <laughs> Why? My network has been destroyed. That was Spider Man! Now stay tuned, kids, for Eek the Cat! <laughs> <laughs> it usually was Eek the Cat. <laughs> While we're on a television pen. Oh, by the terrible Thunder Lizards. <laughs> <laughs> Street Shock! The Ripping Friends! Oh Christ! <laughs> Joss, oh man! Uh, Alright, um, Zach, start pointing at who's gonna start talking. Why don't I start? Um, before I actually get into the story, I wanted to point out something. Th this has a cover date of February of 96. Right. Which means it wasn't published or what? November, December, somewhere around there? Uh, the reason, maybe, yeah. Yeah, the reason I bring that up is because this thing is surprisingly prescient, because in January of 96, here in New York, there was actually a massive snowstorm. I remember in, it. In real life, the, the, which I think, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's the biggest snowstorm we've ever had in this area. It was one of them, yeah. We've had some bigger ones since, but I think, but that was the biggest on record at the time. Right, <laughs> Which is the whole, what's the, I guess what the plot of the story was supposed to hinge on, although it never ended up being much of a factor. Which was weird, because they kept bringing it up constantly, and it really barely had any effect on the plot, other than causing... I, I think I just now got the, the pun of the, of the story title. Media Blizzard, because Mysterio is using the media, and it's a blizzard. I really <laughs> am tired today. Yuck, 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 yuck. But anyway, back yeah. to the actual stuff. And it almost, you know, he was a year behind on the network thing, though, because it wasn't January of 95 when you had, like, UPN and all that stuff. Yes. <laughs> With the Hulk. <laughs> what the, forget about the Hulk, we had, uh... Jumanji! The animated series. Oh, yes. I, was, I, no, I was trying to think of their primetime shows, but none of them lasted other than Voyager, which was a piece of garbage. But anyway... Um, Martin? To the actual story itself. Not so uh, nice. The actual story itself. What can I say about it? Um, Mysterio is weird in this. Not just his design, which which sucks. How long does this last, by the way? <laughs> Till the end story. of the 90s. The, this story. Um, yeah, it's pretty much just this story, right? Cause the, yeah, next sure. time we, the next time we see him is the reboot, if I remember right. I thought the next time we see him, he dies. Oh, the next well, time we see him was Spider-Man. Right. But it was the reboot in Spider-Man. And he was wearing his original costume. Because villain costumes, when they change, they don't last. I mean, they always go back to their classic looks. Did John Byrne change his costume? No, right? He's one of the ones he didn't change. I mean, like, look at Marvel Knights, Spider-Man. That made a big deal about giving new costumes to all the villains. And they're back in their old costumes in their very next appearances. 
<laughs> I'm trying to remember if, if Burn redesigned Mysterio in Chapter 1, but now all of a sudden I'm starting to wonder. I don't even remember if Mysterio was in Chapter 1. I, I truly don't know. Slash remember? No, no, he was. He was. He was. Everybody was. Yeah, because Osborne had the, uh, owned the film studio at the time in that. Oh, yeah. That's where you get that retcon. That, that, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> no! The retcons! No! <laughs> Chapter one! Um, but, yeah, maybe it's just me, but does he seem a little out of character in this story? Not really. It, I, the the first issue in particular, because he starts going on about how he, he's running this network... Because the network means ratings, and ratings means money! Money! Because that seems to be his motivation in the first issue. Then the, uh, then the other two get rid of the money angle and just make it about his art and all that stuff and trying to get people to like his stuff, which is more in character for him. Um, you know, I, 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 I've read the Dicko and Stanley issues of Mysterio, and I know that the character does vacillate between that and like and then like Marv Wolfman when he was involved in the storyline that led up to 200 I don't think he's been the most consistent character now that, now that I'm considering it because the two aren't mutually exclusive I mean I feel that like he is more the more least lethal Spider-Man villains but then again like, I don't think that that's, that's, that's carried over story to story right 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 but it, it does seem jarring at least at first because you usually think of Mysterio as being motivated by I want to prove people wrong <laughs> and, and like many villains, how great of a special effects artist I am, like Doctor Octopus. Well, not not a special effects, but like you know, he's so smart, he'll steal your body by killing them, <laughs> and then and replacing him and becoming a superior Spider-Man. Just like Doom, that's actually Doom shit. Murdering everyone by killing them. Remember that story last year, Superior Spider-Man? <laughs> that happened. It never happened, according Tonight's to Tonight's podcast is dedicated solely to drive me to kill someone, isn't it? <laughs> All this talk about Spider-Verse and Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, and yeah we're winding you up, and then I'm going to aim you at my boss. Oh, God, no, 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 no. I need him for, like, the rest of the shows. Shows. I need him to finish Mayday Mondays. S-H-O-W-Z. It depends. It depends on what kind of prison I get to, Zach. They might let me access to my laptop. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Strikers uh, Prison. <laughs> In fact, that'll give me plenty of time. Uh, but <laughs> what's up? And he has that stupid scheme where he where he has Spidey look into the. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> lose like lenses to his eyes, and for some reason he doesn't know what. <laughs> That was so ridiculous. I, I, I honestly thought that was, that was kind of awesome. <laughs> it reminded me of like the plots you would get on that 60s Spider-Man cartoon. It's just like, what? It is a lot like that. It's, it's like what Dan Jurgens is going for. I don't know. And and with his dial, he does seem very, very 60s in this story. Because he's like, he's given some straight up mustache twirling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, you can but do this that for real. I don't know. You can get yeah, you can get away with it with Mysterio, but maybe not in this plot. Cause the whole time I was reading it, I kept thinking of Batman Forever. Where oh man, a, with the stupid Enigma Tech things, where he was the like, box, the box where he's entrancing yeah. people into watching and like stealing. Oh god, I. I mean, there are scenes in the story where people are sitting in front of their TV in the TVs, which are glowing green, and the green glow is on their faces, which is straight out of Batman Forever. Sexual fantasies and little white lies. And then I'm <laughs> there looking at this and realizing, wait a minute, Dan Jorgens wrote this in 1995. 
which is when Batman Forever came out in theaters. And I'm like, you lazy bastard, you just stole the plot of Batman Forever and put it in a Spider-Man story. I think this came out before that, though, didn't it? No, because no, like, this is, this is, that was, this is 95, right? And that was like in the summer 95. Yeah. Oh, this wow. is before that. This was a few months later. Right around the time it's hitting VHS, how coincidental and convenient! I I I I that I could I have I have very strong memories of. <laughs> yeah. Oh but, my god! Uh, <laughs> I remember the glasses you could get from uh, McDonald's. I remember a lot of things I could get from McDonald's, like heartburn. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, like 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 the like the glasses, like actual glass that. Glass yeah. Oh, like a mugs. Yeah. yeah. They had those from Batman Returns too, which I remember being a huge deal because everybody was like this movie is too violent for it to have kids toys it, it, well, it, I, 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 I fully agree it was meanwhile i'm sitting there playing with my robocop and terminator toys and like what are they talking about <laughs> this is not even like violent by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> by comparison it's almost laughable to consider but anyway that's not, uh, this is not a batman podcast and god knows i wouldn't want to be on one batman oh, no offense on. take that batman <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jessica Carradine in this story is also a little hit or miss for me. Like, I actually like her appearance in the first issue. Mm -hmm. Because, it, in relative to Ben Riley's other romances, this is actually somewhat fleshed out. This is no Gabrielle Greer. Yeah. Or, or the, the freaking uh, karate instructor or whatever that was in the last couple of stories ago. The one with the red hair? Oh. Uh, no, uh, it was Bond. Yeah, I remember she was like a yoga or defense. I don't remember. Like, <laughs> yeah, she was a defense specialist. And then, of uh, course, when, Carrie, you know, her name was Carrie. Right. And then, of course, when you know when Betty wants to nail him, but we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> we haven't got there yet. <laughs> the, the epic momentous meeting, and then the black cat from like the last month. Or last oh, episode. oh, yeah, you're right. They had that weirdness. Oh, jeez. Oh, he's a pimp. Man, <laughs> was yeah. a pimp, man. Not counting Janine, who we haven't seen in any of these stories outside of Lost Years, which took place years earlier. Well, you know, it's funny because, like, like, Greg in this recap mentioned that her name was Jessica Carradine. I don't think she mentioned her last, her last name, and I didn't. I honestly didn't know this was Jessica Carradine. No, in fact, they're, they're, at this point, they're still teasing who her father is. It's like a plot. Yeah, line. the word father isn't bold. <laughs> My father! Like, what, what are you, a Silvermane's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> She's talking about how great her father is and all that stuff. And like, how how, how many a television stations she robbed? <laughs> They're all, all the time. Time. What, what, Yeah, you're right. They didn't mention her last name. Whoops. Don, what are you talking about? He only robbed their house because he saw that they had bought a computer earlier in the day. So therefore, they must have a lot of money. I thought he heard that they had treasure there. <laughs> the buried treasure is one of my favorite cons because it is so bad. <laughs> but sorry, the treasure one was the Wolfman one. The computer was was chapter one, right? And then what's another retcon? I know there was another one. Well, the JMS one had like Uncle Ben go for a walk and he never came back. <laughs> yeah, he, so he didn't even rob their house. He just shot him in the street. <laughs> he was crossing the street and shot Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Look there, that old man is gradually approaching me. He's gonna find out what I'm doing. Blam! I repeat, my father was one of the greatest guys you ever hope to meet. He killed Uncle Ben ten times. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't kill Uncle Ben. The Sandman did. Oh, oh man! Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a black cat's father. 
<laughs> oh my god. The more he talks about Bungle Ben, it's gonna be his own trade paperback. Oh my god, my brain. <laughs> so many records. Dude, my brain hurts, but that's because I'm sick, but it's even hurting worse now. Are we still on the same issue, or are we, are we doing it with the story, Jim? You haven't even gotten to, like, I'm, I'm not even finished my stuff yet. Well, hurry up! I'm trying, but it's just too many. We're all too high. My brain doesn't work correctly sometimes at this late enough. Um, but as far as the artwork goes, it's pretty much great all around, except for uh, the Tom Morgan pages and adjective list. Because it seems like everybody's faces are melting for some reason. I'm, I'm going to guess that it was just one of those quick fill-in situations where they just called him and he had two days to do, you know, ten pages or something. It feels like it belongs in, like, a few months ago, like, during the Scar Spider stuff. Well, he did. He drew one of those issues. Like, I, I know that for a fact, but I'm, I, don't, I don't know what, what would have prevented J.R. Jr. from doing the whole issue. Was he doing any. Was, was J.R. Jr. Doing, doing any X Men artwork? Was he totally just Spider Man at this point? At this point, I think he was just doing this book. Maybe he got tired of it and said no for one month. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he actually looked. See, but then why would he look at the script for this and be like, nope, 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 but then draw all the other stuff? Yes, I don't know. Whatever. The point is he had to fill in, and the fill-in wasn't very good. But other than that, great artwork, especially the Bagley stuff. Bagley's always great. Mm-hmm. Bagley is consistently great in this. In this He's run. flawless forever. This run, particularly, I, I really... Yeah. He, this, this run really cemented my love of Mark yeah, Bagley. Yeah, I saw Mark Bagley at New York Comic Con, and he was selling commissions, and I couldn't afford one. I mean, I could afford one now because I'm working, but I really wanted one. Can you afford five bucks? <laughs> they, didn't just ha- <laughs> they didn't just have commissions, Greg. Don't forget, they also had all the pages, the original pages there. Yeah. I, w- I would have bought one of those, but those are 100 plus each. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Not going to be able to afford that. Yeah. Which is too so, bad. Yeah, is it but- my turn? Well, hold on, I got I got two more things. I'm going to try to blast through these. Um, the middle of the story was really frustrating to read because Ben just seemed like a nincompoop the whole time. Where it was just, <laughs> a little bit. Where you're just like, just peel the damn things off your eyes already. We know what's going to happen. But I thought they were just going to have him do that maybe halfway through that issue. and then, But no, he, it's persisted for an entire issue. And it was so frustrating to read. Monsters! Cause, because it runs into that thing that every Mysterio story runs into, where at this point, every trick in Mysterio's playbook has been used like a dozen times, and you think Spider-Man would get savvy after a while, even if it is Ben. Because even Ben Riley has memories of fighting Mysterio and shit. Well, that's, that's, that's true, but at this point, I would imagine, okay, like, like Ben Riley. so like we're talking like in, up to Amazing 140-something. So we're saying, like, you know, he's fought Mysterio. He fought him twice during the Ditko run. He fought him once during the Ramita era. I guess he fought, I guess he fought him three times. Because like, Mysterio did... He really did not appear as often as other as other villains, at least initially. Right, yeah. but the difference is this time he knows it's Mysterio beforehand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Ben, never mind. Because, <laughs> like, you already know it's Mysterio. <laughs> like, you blonde bimbo. <laughs> so, so he's like, oh... My goodness, these people transform from men into monsters right before my eyes. That's pretty dim witted. As if some sort of illusion. <laughs> what a mystery! Until they stop, like, what a mystery, yo! <laughs> Those guys need to get beaten up. Oh god, yeah, and the frickin' gangbangers stuff. I'm not even touching that. Oh, that was, that was, I'll hit up that. That wasn't DeFalco's bad writing. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, but uh, the last thing I got here is, uh, well, two things. One minor thing is that that whole thing with his arm being sprained just completely goes away. Spider healing. 
But, oh my god, but he just... Really? Br- it, it, it's like in the third in uh, adjective list, he keeps bringing it up in dialogue, but there's nothing in the art at all that supports that. As if the, the artist the didn't know ahead of time that he was supposed to be injured. Yeah. And then they just kept saying he was injured, just to remind you, but he clearly wasn't. But anyway, the the only the only last thing I gotta say is that in classic Mackie fashion, this has one of those like super quickie endings. <laughs> where it's like isn't this such a Mackie thing? No, this is the thing, dude. It's like it's always Mackie that does this, where in the last three pages, like the, the book just hurdles towards a finish. Yeah, like this thing has literally a period for the comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Stealing like, that. The, the end, damn it. <laughs> So yeah, this story... Uh, I've yeah, read Mackie, worse. Yeah, Mackie doesn't believe in denouement. <laughs> I, I've read worse. We all have. But uh, the thing that brings this one down for me is the middle chapter is just so bad. Even with the Bagley art, that, that issue's the worst of the three. Because of the stupid gangbanger plotline, and then the... Which, of course, has to be wrapped up like, You can be anything you want, uh, you know... Shaheem. He says his last name, too, even though he didn't tell him what it was. Penzos. Did, did I miss something, or did he actually tell him his full name? I don't know. But Why would he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are you, random gangbanger? My, my name is Jimbo Jones, and I live at 742 every year. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Um, he's going to paint my boat. Overall, eh, it's like a C-. It's a, it's a, it's a mid-grade. Spider-Man story brought down by a bad resolution. The story is just not special, but it's not insultingly bad. And it has entertaining moments throughout. Yeah, Greg, do you want to go? Yeah, I'm kind of with Gerard on this one. I mean, it's okay. It's not bad. It's not great either. I mean, it's entertaining. I agree the middle chapter is the worst just because Ben Riley really should have known better. I mean, he was... I mean, he, had, he didn't need to be a Matt... He didn't need to be seeing illusions of these guys as monsters and be fighting a bunch of gangbangers trying to kill somebody. That just didn't didn't need to be there. I mean, Spidey would stop and help someone who's about to get his ass kicked by gangbangers. That plotline wasn't needed. I mean, I know because the whole glasses thing was stupid. I mean, it is in a gloriously 60, 60s way, but yeah. Jessica Carradine. I like Jessica Carradine, actually. I think she's one of the... I mean, in the past few years, we've seen new love interests introduced in really ham-fisted ways, so this is for fresh in comparison to what they've done in recent years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Ben, for some reason, my pheromones draw me next to you all the time. Yes. I mean... I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I mean, Jessica's introduction, introduction feels... Feels organic. It doesn't feel forced. I mean, yeah, that whole hey, let's go on a first date is kind of forced. I mean, he didn't actually ask her out, and she just shows up at his apartment. How did she know where he lived? <laughs> uh, science. She, she went back to the Daily Grind and asked Shirley. Okay, stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Where's his bedroom window at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reverse the Shirley's Shirley, Shirley's like that boy needs to get laid. So of course she's gonna tell him. Tell Jessica where you live. Yeah, yeah, reverse genders. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's not talk about comics and gender gender uh, studies or anything like that, because that's a conversation that would take five hours and belong to a different God podcast. knows everyone gets it wrong anyway. Yeah, let's not do this. <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about Spider-Verse and how... <laughs> 
It completely lowered Spider Girl to being a worthless, simpering idiot. Like in this issue, in this issue, and in this issue, we'll get there. <laughs> but um, Kitty is screaming, and Myster- and as for Mysterio, I mean, his new look. I don't mind the smoky head, but the rest of it is just way too busy. It's way too nineties. I mean, it looks like Rob Liefeld designed it. I know he didn't, but it's got all the belts and the straps. And the- you, you know, if you take off the cape, you just look from the neck down. He sort of looks like Edward Scissorhands without the scissor hands. Where he's got the straps across his waist and across yeah, pirate his chest. boots. And then, oh yeah, Scissorhands didn't have the pirate boots, you're right. I mean, I, I mean, I'd be fine if it was the classic costume, but he replaced it with a smokier head, but... Even then, I, I've missed the fishbowl, because it's a stupid look, but it's our stupid look. I dropped the book, the, uh, the Ultimate book, when this story was going on, but did Ultimate Mysterio also have just the smoke head? Yes. Okay. The smoke head was brought back for the Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh yeah, that's right, they're the same character. Same material, he was traveling between universes or something. Yeah, that was about the point where I'm like, I don't think I need to read Ultimate Spider-Man anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I actually like, like got that in trade because the price finally went down, for God's sake. And <laughs> that was that was kind of bizarre, that wasn't as good as I remembered it to be. But I really like the artwork, except for the artwork in the last issue. I think Dan Jurgens. I mean, we all know the behind-the-scenes story about Dan Jurgens and how he... His heart wasn't really in this because he did not like the Ben Riley concept. Yeah, I heard that. Like, uh, like w- the moment he got on, he's like, you know, I'm only going to come on if you make it Peter Parker. And they said yes, and then they said no. Actually, there's a uh, there's a bit in. Uh, I'm glad glad you brought this up because Life of Riley says talks about this. <clears throat> I knew you were going to do that because I I was giving you the ball. All right. Uh, although uh, this is Glenn, Glenn Greenberg talking about this, he says although you couldn't possibly know it by reading the Media Blizzard issues, it was at the time these comics were produced that the Clone Saga reached a major turning point, one that pretty much changed everything. It started off at at, 90, at 95 Chicago Comic Con during a breakfast meeting between Dan Jurgens and Spider-Man Group editor in chief Bob Bielinski. Now Glenn wasn't present for the breakfast, but he told him. Uh, about it after he got back from town. In a nutshell, Dan expressed to Bob his opinion that Peter Parker needed to be restored as the one true Spider-Man. This was despite the fact that Ben had just become Spider-Man, courtesy of Dan himself in Sensational Zero. We had only re- we had only recently completed a three-day Spider-Man writers' conference in which the future of the new Spider-Man had started being mapped out. Dan explained to Bob that he did not and could not accept Ben Riley as Spider-Man. He believed that the readers felt the same way. Twenty years of continuity and significant character development, including the marriage of Mary Jane and Peter Parker could not simply be shunted to the side and forgotten. Long-time readers could not be asked to accept the fair character that they had followed for so long wasn't the well, quote, no guy. Well, I'll be damned. Someone... Really? Dan Jurgens, really? Yeah, I knew, I, I knew about this before, and I've always felt... I've always had mixed feelings about that, because on the one hand, he took the job, so he had to know what he was getting into, and on the other hand, doesn't that just seem a bit uh, egotistical to you? That he, uh, he just walks into a situation and starts demanding changes? Because he's Dan frickin' Jurgens, that's why. Basically, I'm Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm Superman, goddammit. Did he make great uh, Booster Gold? Booster Gold? Yep. Uh, or are you asking if we read it? No, I, 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 I was asking, did, did Dan Jurgens co-create Booster Gold? I think he was one of those that... <clears throat> yeah, I think he did. He, he brought him back. Recently. I mean, I would like to see Dan Jurgens take another shot at Spidey sometime. I mean, it'd be better than what's going on right now. Wouldn't be bad. I think well, he, I I think he, he kind of got another swing at Spidey in one issue when he had that crossover with Thor. 
When was that? That was during the early part of the reboot. Oh, yeah. Jurgens was writing Thor at the time, and he wrote... I had dropped the book at that point. Oh, I think everybody had. <laughs> the, newest, the new status quo was offensive to those longtime readers and confusing to any newcomers that happened to wander in and check out what all the hype and controversy was about. Again, Glenn was not there, and Glenn can't profess to be a mind reader, but it... I, he thinks that Dan reaffirmed many of the feelings that, and thoughts and opinions that Bob Yulensky already had, and it managed to submerge for a while. I think Bob had almost convinced himself that Ben Riley's scenario could work, if only if it was given a chance. He reached a point where he finally seemed committed to move forward with it. Why else would Bob initiate Spider-Man The Final Adventure limited series, which was specifically designed to show Peter and Mary Jane becoming parents, and thus close the door on Peter ever donning the Spider-Man costume again? As Glenn recalls, up until the Chicago convention, we... They definitely had a direction that they were going in with Ben. It wasn't a perfect direction, but it would, and undoubtedly would have to be adjusted as it went along. But at least they they were finally in. He was finally in the Spider-Man costume, and they were finally emerging from the Clone Saga. But that breakfast with Dan really crystallized Bob's thoughts on the matter, and came back from the Chicago convention with a new outlook and a new mandate: bring back Peter. To reiterate, Ben had just become Spider-Man, so he couldn't just even get used to the idea of having him in place before we start thinking about how to undo the whole thing. First and foremost, Peter's impending return <coughs> had a profound effect on these Final Adventure limited series, which um, Glenn goes over in a couple calls for previous. The bottom line was there was no baby. He doesn't know how the other Spider-Man writers felt and reacted when they were told about Bob's new direction. It undoubtedly threw a major crimp in their long-term plans. After all, any plans of theirs would involve a Ben Riley Spider-Man. But he's pretty sure that inconveniences aside, no one really faulted Dan for setting in motion this abrupt change in direction. He can only guess that some of the other writers were actually relieved that they were privately hoping such a direction decision would be made, and the writers seemed to like Ben were willing to go along with him having as Spider-Man for however long it lasted. But he always thinks that it always felt that Peter Parker should and would come back at some point. The big question became how do they bring back Peter as Spider-Man without looking like a colossal cop-out? What would be an exciting, dramatic, satisfying way to accomplish this task? Belinsky was looking for a great idea, and he didn't care where it came from. As a result, everybody got involved in the creative process. When he says everybody, he really does mean everybody. He's talking about writers who hadn't worked on the Spider-Man core books, writers who didn't... Oh, writers who worked on the Spider-Man core books, writers who didn't work on the Spider-Man core books, the editors, the assistant editors, Marvel's on-staff librarian. He even thinks the janitor and mailroom guys weighed in it at one point. It got out of, a little out of hand, to put it mildly, and he'll go into detail as, we go along, as they go along... All he'll say for now is that the middle has really started coming in at this point, fast and furious. And he's got every single one of them in a big, thick, hernia-inducing file. <laughs> I want to read those. Uh, yeah. Part 19 of Life of Riley at lifeofriley.archives.blogspot.com Greg, any more thoughts? Yeah, where was I? Zach kind of interrupted my train of thought there, but, um... <laughs> no more jerkers, I think. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you just started talking about the artwork, I believe. Yeah, the artwork, <laughs> artwork was great, especially Bagley's and Jurgens. I thought the action scenes were, were very well done. I mean, these were these weren't bad looking issues. The color could have been better. I agree with Gerard on this one. I mean, but, but I've seen worse coloring. Also, I mean, it's, this describes the entire story. It was just kind of there. I mean, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was. It was okay. Okie dokie. Uh, Zach, you want to go or you want me to go? I'll let you go. I'll go last. All right. 
Well, I, I definitely remember this from when I was a child. <laughs> Media Blizzard. Although, I don't think I actually, I actually ever got around... I was meant to go around reading the Jurgen stuff. I didn't read Sensational until Ringo got on the book and he became one of my favorite Spider-Man artists. So I never actually read Bl Media Blizzard in, like, complete. There was that in Blood Brothers, which I remember, like, was going on. I, was, I, I didn't read those out in sequence. But, um, reading it now... Uh, sensational number one. Like I said, I, I didn't realize it was Jessica Carradine. I like the scenes with Ben and Jessica because they feel. I, I always like in Spider-Man stories like you know where the normal guy, the Peter Parker plot happens, divorced from Spider-Man, and like you know he's meeting a new girl and they get to know each other. I always like that. I think that like some of the opening shots of Ben and Jessica look really really nice. Obviously, Jen, Dan Jenkins is a very very good artist. I still not grooving on uh, Klaus Jenkins, uh, Klaus Jansen's inks. Um, they're very kind of like, you know, they're kind of reminding me of Sienkiewicz. They're just a bit too rough and too blotchy for me. Um, but the artwork's generally decent in the story. I think that the story overall with the whole Mysterio plot... I, I, I'm not nearly as antagonistic towards Mysterio in this story that, that you guys seem to be. Um, I remember this design. I thought it was kind of a cool design. I, I, I prefer the bubble head, but, you know, he, he, sort of a wisp of smoke... Um, no pun intended. Like with with the, with the smiling face, kind of looks interesting to me as as a villain design. I thought, um, I thought it was a little convoluted with him, like you know, disguising himself as somebody. But what ifs? I thought the overall sensational was it, it was okay. It was, it was a decent issue. I thought. Um, obviously, my home is that amazing with Bagley because he rules. I love that cover. Cover's awesome. Like, you know, it, it, it's just, like, it's better than, like, the one they did later with, with a brand new day where like, he's just kind of walking. You see the footprints, you see him already collapse. That's a terrific Bagley cover. Very, very, uh, it, 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 it speaks volumes, I think. Um, one thing I want to talk about with ASM is the ads. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cereal. Hey, I <laughs> liked the cereal. I, I think I was the only guy in the world who liked the cereal. Because, yeah, it was, it was, it was Lucky Checks. But, like, I thought it was fun. Um, we have ads for uh, stories, that, uh, trade paperbacks that I, I honestly own. I have Wolverine and Gambit. I have Spider-Man and Venom. And my favorite comic book of all time is Spider-Man and Batman by J.M.D. Mateus and Mark Bagley. That's my, that's my most treasured collection uh, story. Yeah, That's a great yeah. one. I like the other one better, the one with Ration Kingpin. No, oh, this, this one's one. I, I, that one was good, too. I, I, this one's my favorite. Joker and Carnage. Hell, yeah. Um, and also... Uh, the uh, the Marvel Masterpiece cards, those are the cards, right? Yep. Who does who doesn't remember those? I love those. Yeah. And yes. and my personal favorite, uh, or one of my favorite crossovers, which is DC versus Marvel. You, people can shit on it however they want. I know it's not. It's, it's actually a very terribly written story, but I was knee deep in that when it was going on. I voted. My brother and I got every issue that summer. That was awesome. So, there's two ads for DC vs. Marvel, showing Batman vs. Captain America, Hulk vs. Superman, Superboy vs. Spider-Man, Wolverine vs. Lobo, Wonder Woman vs. Storm. That was, uh, I got, I got a big nostalgia boner reading this issue. <laughs> so. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I kind of always wanted to do a DC vs. Marvel episode. Hey, 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 hey. You, you will not do that without me. That's my favorite crossover of all time. Hey, Ben Riley's in it. People are, on, people are on Secret Wars nuts all the time. This is my Secret Wars. DC versus Marvel. That, 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 was, that, was, that was me like as, as a child, like, big-eyed and hopeful. Okay, I okay. never understand the love for Secret Wars. I understand the love for Secret Wars. I just don't necessarily agree with it. 
I mean, I mean, DC vs. Marvel. I mean, it's, it's not a good story, but it's so much fun. Oh, it most certainly is not. <laughs> story wise, it's awful. Some oh. of the stuff that happens in that just makes no sense at all. Nightwing is fun. One of my favorite characters. That is, is, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, you're talking about like uh, Axel Asher, aka Access. Access, yeah, Axel, hell yeah, Axis, <laughs> sweet. Uh, yeah. Did you ever read the uh, Superman Spider-Man crossover? Yeah, the one where where Venom was kicking the crack crap out of Superman. That would yes. never happen. That I did. Happen. I never read that. I saw Image. I never read that though. It's it's all Access number one. Go look it up. It's epic. I loved that issue. We we got it, dude. DC versus Marvel and how glorious it is. Yes. Still, the trade is really really well done. Because it actually uh, oh, yeah. puts the uh, the Almagram universe, like the Amalgam, part, yeah. Amalgam universe, um, in like part way through the story. Are we going to do um, Spider Boy? Why mm-hmm. not? Why no, not? I, I, like, I like Spider Boy. That it, was it, uh, that was Ringo's audition. Mike Ringo's audition. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Those. I will cool. talk about yeah. that more in uh, a future episode. Yeah, because Sensational's right after that, right? That was like a tryout. Yep. Yeah, I'll talk uh, about that more um, whenever he comes on board because I actually talk about that in Life of Riley. So sweet. Okay, uh, uh, the 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 issue uh, impossible be my dream. Um, I thought it was okay. I mean, I for, honestly, the, the idea that Spider Man was knocked out on a wall and like his hand had him unconscious on a wall is pretty funny. <laughs> like I've not seen that before. I, I know when he fought Puma when he had the black costume, he yanked his arm and dislocated it when he yanked on a wall, but like. Him being like like sleeping on the wall with one arm is pretty cool. Um, I thought the the plot with the street urchins, as, as Zach affectionately called them, with the uh, Shaquem and Jamie or whatever, I thought that that it was uh, it was not well written. I think that the, the Falco really brought the cheese in this comic, but the badly artwork you know made it bearable for me. So I I, I, I was fine. I was I, I was amused by this. I wasn't you know I didn't think this sure does suck, you guys. I, I thought it was okay. Um, I thought that there was just an epic page. I, it, really, the, the art does carry this. Um, I like Ben saying, "Why the heck did my spider sense warn me of these guys with guns?" You know, because I, I thought, you know, wow, you're stupid, but like he, he's saying himself that he's stupid. Armara is a '90s villain that we'll never remember again. Um, you know, the the melodrama of like, you know, maybe I'll be a lawyer someday. It reminded me of of Josh from um, the uh, Ramita era. Maybe <laughs> did some things. I got to think about more. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but Vance, bring back Armada, please. So you can't come as. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Oh my God, my brain is just not working. I thought you were talking about uh, what stupid Josh access or whatever. No, no. My, my brain, like, what is happening? I'm sorry. So uh, I, I liked, I liked ASM. Um, Adjectiveless was my least favorite. I think that like JR's art is getting muddled a lot in this. Probably because of Tom Ward. <laughs> because he didn't draw much of this. Um, I thought the honestly, I thought the Tom Morgan's artwork wasn't bad. It just you know it wasn't very. It didn't stand out very much. Um, at this point, I was getting kind of fatigued with the whole Ben Rise on a date, but he can't make the date because he's Spider-Man. I mean, they've been they've been exhausting that subplot with so many characters that we'll never see again, like for months. For months, it's it's the same. This is the same thing as um, the redhead, Carrie. Yeah, this yeah. this really is. It's a I mean, it, it, and, it, it, and like, I, I get that he's an attractive guy and all that stuff, but like, I mean, it's it's. You would think that Ben would think to himself, "This is playing out the same way it did before. I better do something different." I could you make a, I could make a brand new day Joe Casada joke here, but I'm not going to. 
I was, I was actually going to bring it up Brand New Day in a different context. I was going to say, remember in Brand New Day when each writer had their sort of uh, pet supporting character? And then no, they yes. would have Peter interact yes. with that pet supporting character, but it was only in their stories? The, the, the way that Ben and his romances in the Clone Saga have proceeded have a whiff of that, where it's not quite the same because they're appearing in multiple books, but it seems like each writer probably had a, a crack at introducing a love interest, and then they ran with it for a little while and then realized it didn't work, so okay, now you get to call your love interest, and they threw her in there and they tried it again, and then that didn't work, so it, it just seems like they're throwing stuff out there, probably in these writers' meetings. Well, I mean, I'm actually just playing the editor for it because it feels... Ex- way too familiar. I mean, I'm not blaming, like, the idea of Ben dating, or even the writers, because, like like you say, the, 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 the female characters are consistent from title to title. I'm blaming, like, the editors to say, like, you know, we, we might want to try something different than this, which I guess, like, oh, I, I have an idea to make her different. Let's get, let's have the Uncle Ben's killer be her father. Oops. But, um, which, <laughs> well, I guess, is an idea. Well, yeah, but at the same time, that, that's always what the editor's job should be. I mean, it applies to the brand new day example, too, but uh, the, I think the problem in this case is the editors are just so swamped with making sure all these books get out on time. Because this was just a, a, a massive, ridiculous, rolling engine of a story that, I mean, getting the life of Riley bits of the story helps because you start realizing just how tight some of these deadlines are. I mean, look, Adjectiveless had two art, two pencilers, and two inkers in this issue, so you know that one was barely out the door. I really well, think the art was actually, the, the, I think, is the last time that John um, had a fill-in artist throughout the rest of the Clone Saga. So for the next year, uh, the next ten months, because we, we're ten I was going to say now. it only it lasts less than a year. So we're not yeah. Talk <clears throat> yeah, but I, I I think he only had one fill-in artist from this point on, um, from from now until the reboot. I think it was like ninety. No, no, he, no. He, he had he had a few he had a few fill-ins during the the later Mac era, but that's because he started taking on other books at the time. If I remember, that's right. right. That's right. He was doing Thor, I think too. He started doing Thor. He started doing other things. All right, right. It can always be worse. I mean, like in these days, Spider-Man. John and I were talking about this in Spider-Man and the X-Men number one that's just released. Peter says that like I've never taught any anybody before in a in a classroom, and I about what? lost my I about lost my. Shit. I lost my f***ing shit over this, so I'm not going to blow Wait, 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 hold on, slow down, slow your roll, kid. Repeat that again? Yeah, I'm not ready, but Josh doesn't remember ever being a teacher? It's been less than a decade! Wait, but, but, no, but that has a whiff of something scarier to me. Are they retconning out his teaching history? I don't, I don't think so, because, like, it's, it's, it's in, like, a solid title that, like, you know, isn't even about Spider-Man, it's about Spider-Man and the X-Men, but, like, at the same time, at the same time, you can't like 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 an ed- I mean that's that's bullshit in itself. But an, an editor says, "Wait a minute, actually he has taught before." This entire concept of, of the story is, is you know in, invalid. But like that kind of oversight, I think has gotten way way worse. So like I don't mind it. It's not it's not. I'm not excusing it here, but I'm tolerating it more. You know what I mean? With, in terms of like the love, right. the, like the dates, dating and stuff. So I'm just using that insidious example as a means <laughs> to compare. The, See now, compare but the insidious six. <laughs> That example scares me, because now I'm trying to think if it's ever been referenced since one more day that he was a teacher, and I can't think of an example. It was referenced in the first issue of Brandy Day, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, it's been referenced, I've seen it referenced, but like that was the first time where like if it was flat out contradicted. And even since Brandy Day, didn't he teach the Avengers Academy at one point? He did, it was yes. written by, um, by um, Christos Gage. And I like that issue. I, 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 so he taught regular students, and he taught superhero students. But when it comes to mutants, whoa! Anyway, um... Uh, I've never taught Inhumans before. 
Uh, overall, Edge of Ephesus was my least favorite. Um, I agree with Gerard how it ends very abruptly, but I think the storyline was perfectly harmless. I think there was it was it was fine. It's, it's, it's a Spider-Man story that has that has the current Spider-Man, aka Ben Riley, in it. Um, the artworks. I don't think the artwork's ever bad. It's, you know, it, it goes from like you know decent to mediocre to awesome with Bagley. I would give this story overall like a B minus. Oh well, because I you know I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this a C. And you know what I'm gonna give it a B minus. Um, yeah. Because because it was a fun little jaunt. It wasn't anything spectacular or sensational, if you will. Spider Man. <laughs> uh, but or really, yeah. It just it didn't really knock my socks off. I did uh, like you guys. I like I liked most of the artwork. I think the Tom Palmer parts were. Um, Tom Palmer, you had nothing to do with this story. Oh, Tom Palmer. Tom Morgan. Tom Badger. Tom, <laughs> Tom Morgan. So. Oh. Willem Dafoe turns to the Green Goblin. Tom Berenger left him to be killed by the Viet Cong. <laughs> <laughs> artwork. Anyway, artwork wise, I, I thought his was the worst of the bunch. Um, I thought um, J.R. Jr.'s artwork was okay. There's no explanation as to why uh, he did the fill-in in Life of Riley. I was looking to see if there was an explanation, but there actually wasn't. Yeah, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but real quick, I don't think that Tom Morgan's artwork is bad. It is just jarring when coupled with the Bermuda Juniors. Yeah, I, you know, to, I, I to, be honest, to be honest, though, it's not that jarring, because their, style, their styles are similar enough. To me, it was just the faces that ruined it. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, at first, when, when Ben was hunched over, I was like, that sure is J.R. Jr., right? But then like, when he woke up, I was like, wait a minute, that, that's not him? Who <laughs> <Yeah>. are you? <laughs> <laughs> didn't he do the, uh, I think he did the Black Cat issue, didn't he? Last time we... we... I believe so. Yeah, with, like, a... like, with like the like like the turnabout waist that she had? <laughs> yes, 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 the anatomy issues that we talked about last, last time. Um, I just, I have to say that it's one of those things where it was okay, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it kind of had a fun little concept. It was a natural evolution of, of of Mysterio. What it like like Gerard said, the uh, motivations are inconsistent, and as such, the motivations are so wonky. The second and third, this really would have benefited, I think, more if Jurgens had written all three parts. I'd agree. Well, I mean, Jurgens is probably the, the at least at this point, he's a better writer than Mackie, and. DeFalco yeah. doesn't seem like he cares. So. <laughs> yeah, that's another, like, 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 like in terms of a script, uh, DeFalco was, was maybe the lim- the weakest or the limpest. Yeah, I, I did like the melodramatic soliloquy that uh, Mysterio makes at the end of the issue because it just it just screamed not ninety show for me. But you're right. I, I thought DeFalco's uh, DeFalco's writing really doesn't start to improve until they kind of break away from this uh, part one of three, part two of three, part three of three type thing. Mm. Because DeFalco never got to launch a storyline, it was always he had to write part two. Well, that's the, isn't that the exact complaint that uh, DeMatteis had? Like, word yeah. is the reason I'm he left. I'm so glad yeah. comics are not written this way anymore, for the most part. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the flexibility and freedom to write an entire run, an entire story front to front to back, I think is it benefits the reader in terms of really developing de- Developing into a good story, but there's there's still a little bit of nostalgia in my, in my brain that's like okay, you know, it, it does get better. Now I have to point out this was this was all collected. This entire story was collected in Epic Book Number Two, Ben Riley, mm-hmm. and and I want to I want to name some of these wonderful miniseries that are in this in this trade paperback. Oh, uh, no. All this great <laughs> stuff we're gonna have to cover. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. 
Uh, Spider-Man Punisher Family Plot number one of two. Oh yes. Oh, Tom Lyle writing uh, with with the, uh, with the ponytail, right? Yep. Yep. Along came Venom. Along came a spider. Part. Oh uh, yeah. God. How old was I when this came out? Oh, it's all coming back to me. Maybe uh, first grade. Yeah, Web of Scarlet Spider number three and four, and New Warriors sixty-seven, aka Nightmare on Scarlet. And uh, the last story is actually is material from the Spider-Man Holiday Special. So. Uh, oh, that was great! I love that. Yeah, that's the Spider-Man the Holiday Special. What the hell is this? This was the um, uh, human. T- Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it was the Human Torch, and there's a there's another story in there too. Oh wait, I remember now. This is the one where Spider-Man goes back to uh to Kashyyyk to go meet Chewie's family on Life Day. <laughs> yeah, it was that one. <laughs> wait, 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 like, like really, that, that was that was I really that was a good one. That was that was a really good special. I really liked, enjoyed that. Yeah, that first special actually uh, brings in a, a character that's all, this is his only appearance in the non non historical six one six, which is Scorcher. Yes. The scorcher, yes. The, 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 the scorcher bitches. Yeah. I think he oh, made yeah. Him, uh, the scor- oh god, that was the guy from Untold Tales, right? Yeah. 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 He actually, I think he's made a couple appearances since then, but he's it's very very rare. Yeah, stupid. Showed up again, again. The headsman showed up again also. So uh, stupid. Right. That's uh, Secret War, the Bendis one. That's he right. Just, he showed up in that and doesn't say anything. And then there's <laughs> like, like a really, films. there's a really fabulous. Um, Story called "Merry Christmas, Mr. Storm." That's actually the ending of the of the epic book trade. So, um, very very good work in that last story. It ends on a high note, but the the trade is pretty mediocre. So, uh, next time when we we get to the '90s stuff, it's going to be a Return of Kane, and I think I'm going to put Spectacular oh, two thirty two in there. It's a one shot that came out the same month as um, Media Blizzard. And I had to try to fit it in somehow. So. Here's a question for you, though, Zach. Since we've been talking about this story and we've talked about how it was sort of mediocre at best to sort of decent or half decent or something, we, 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 lukewarm responses, basically. So I think Greg and I both said it was sort of a below average story, and you two said it was it was okay, uh, inoffensive uh, and stuff. But I, I said it was a C. That's the epitome of average. Right, but. The point, I guess, the point I'm trying to get at roundabout is that this is the first Ben Riley a Spider-Man story, like as a full arc. Right. Yeah, so is that arc. actually good enough for the first, the character's first major go-round, basically? Good question. It's a really good question. I think it, um, I think it, it isn't a great first Spider-Man. I think the web of the really, I don't think they started to kind of get their traction until Return of Kane was okay, but. Love of Carnage really just rocked. I think it's the yeah. year that they finally finally start getting their their stride. I remember really enjoying the books when I was a kid when Jerkers was gone. And that's not to say that Jerkers sucks, but like like during those issues after he had left, I remember like I can't wait to read Spider Man. I think Dezago and um, Mike Ringo just the, the energy that they brought to their work because they were such good friends really permeated the page. Oh, that and book, I'm not saying. The, the, the fact that that book was totally off kilter was was exactly what the book needed to be. Yeah, it needed especially, to be especially like after the Clone Saga. Yeah, especially after right. the Clone Saga. That book was weird, but in a good way. Yeah, it was it was definitely off the beaten track. I mean, Kazar, Kazar, um, you got you got um, oh, the Living Monarch or something like that. Um, she appeared for a couple of issues. Yeah, the issue with uh, oh my god, 
Why I'm suddenly forgetting. I suddenly blanked his name. Ditko villain. Uh, oh, the looter. The looter. The looter the thank looter you. He, he made like 15 appearances during this run. <laughs> I, it's a fun. It's a fun little run. I, I think that was their secretly their favorite favorite villain because he was just so odd. I, I like the looter. It's not. Uh, it's, they, they made me like the looter. It's no secret that he was their favorite villain. Like they love the looter. Yeah. You know, and I think we've talked about the era between Clone Saga and, and Reboot, and one of these days we're going to cover those issues, maybe on another show, but because um, they're just phenomenal. I mean, that's really, to me, it's such a crying shame that those books kind of get swept under the rug, because there was a lot of fun. Peter Parker was, like, on fire during that time. Oh, oh yeah. that, was my fa- that was my favorite of the books. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it, you, every, every book had its own tone. You know, Amazing was kind of the, the workman time journey with Spider-Man and a lot of the things were coming out of Amazing and then you had then you had Spectacular which was kind of focusing on you know Craven the Hunter and familiar memes from Kinefaze's uh, runs and the Chameleon the Ross, yeah. but they also yeah, had the good comedy was... issues in there too like in that run yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And, and then you got the mm-hmm. losers and then you got the That's... You know, what we're saying is that, like, you know, there was a time, and I, I'm not saying that, like, you know, right now it's deplorable, although it could be, but, like, there was a time, there was a time where, like, like Spider-Man comics, because I, th- I think the people would argue that, like, in the last, like, 20 or so years, Spider-Man comics have, by and large, been awful, but there was a time where it w- they were, like, really good. I mean, like, the, like again, like, the 97, 98 or whatever, before the reboot, yeah. it was a it was a fun-ass time, man. It's not just nostalgia. You read those again, they, they hold up. That's my favorite era as a reader. That that spot yeah, right there for Spider Man at least, and yeah, and too. back then at least you had variety because you had multiple writers doing different things that weren't. He connected. was married. Aunt May was finally out of the way. <laughs> Everything was. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I, w- I would have liked. I mean, obviously Bagley was gone by that time, but I, I liked Ringo. We had Jr. Jr. Um, Luke Ross's think, art was pretty good. Yeah, I, I think the weakest of the bunch was was Bennett, but that's not really his fault. I think he was the right got... artist on that though. Yeah, it, Steve Sharos was, was actually supposed to Yeah, he was rotating with, like, Mark Gross and other villains. Yeah. That book didn't have a good Yeah, but he ended up becoming the regular artist on Amazing just by um, default. Well, let me ask you a question. This is so off topic of this podcast, but, like, like when they decided to do the reboot, like, at the time, like, we're saying that that, that era was so good. Were the sales down after, after the Clone Saga? I think yes. um, sales down were across the board. Well, yeah, Marvel was going into bankruptcy, so everything was... <laughs> oh, yeah! I remember that, when Marvel went bankrupt. <laughs> and now they came time. out smelling like a rose, their own yeah. by Disney slash Marvel. Yeah, Marvel went bankrupt, so they sold the X-Men movie rights away to Fox, and then years later, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were no longer Magneto's kids. <laughs> I honestly don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to back to the, back to the topic. But uh, I'll let the Gerard get your last point in. No, 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 I was saying, uh, uh, I remember at the time when they had to narrow it down from four books down to two when the reboot was happening. uh, Amazing didn't have a regular artist, so that wasn't a problem, but I remember people wondering if Michael Ringo was going to be drawing the the other book, because J.R. Jr. had already been confirmed as one of the two artists. And I I can remember reading the letters pages of people basically begging, please let Michael Ringo draw Amazing Spider-Man. Ooh. Because they hadn't, yeah. le- they had. I don't think it had become known that John Byrne was coming in. Uh, yeah, I w- yeah. In retrospect, I would have rather had Waringo. I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking because, like, you know, okay, uh, during the reboot, they killed off Sensational and Spec. Right. It was, yes. so it was, it was ASM and then Peter Parker, and that continued into the JMS run, and then they canceled Peter Parker and made it another spectacular. Correct. 
Yeah. The sensation. And then yeah. they added Marvel Knights. And then, yeah, like, during... Then during Brainer Day, they went, they went bashing. Like, she's like, like Web of Spider Man for six issues and Family Spider Man Family, Spider Man Extra. Like, I, I, like, like, the sequence of events in terms of like, the titles are kind of like, you know, this big rainbow haze for me. Uh, I would have preferred that it had been sensational. Or, or it's not sensational, spectacular and amazing just because of the historical aspect of the two titles, but I understand. Yeah, me too. I was going to say, Don, but the whole idea that it had pared down to only two books is kind of a myth, though. So don't forget, you also had Web Spinners. And then uh, oh, after right. web spinners got cancelled, Tangled Web. There were always three there was always a third book in that mix. It just wasn't ever selling well. Maybe this is true, but in my when I was reading, I mean I felt that like those are like, you can't say those weren't Spider Man books, but like they were so far off the beaten path that they almost yeah. didn't even count. They didn't matter. You know I mean? They didn't matter. I didn't if you weren't reading those, you weren't missing anything. And when when, when did Spider-Man loves Mary Jane or Mary Jane loves Spider-Man pop up. What year was uh, that? 2004, I think. All right, that was that was during Spider-Man craze after Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Yeah, because because once the movies came out, everything just boomed again, and you started getting mini series after mini series. And we don't count Ultimate, which was the you know the Ultimate Universe around 2000. Yeah, that's true. So that also that was only a year after the reboot. So. Holy crap! You're right. Oh my god! I never I never placed the two of them together. Yeah, I remember Ultimate a lot more. Clear. For some reason, I mean, like I was asleep during the reboot. Well, okay, the reboot was the beginning of '99, though, so or the end of '98, cover date beginning of '99. So I guess right. Ultimate was like the mid to late 2000. So yeah, it was more like a year and a half, to yeah. almost two years. Like, like honestly, like like, like between between like the reboot starting and like uh, Revenge of the Green Goblin. Uh, I, I for some reason like, the Spider-Man books just completely blanked out for me because like that was, there's, there's there's Gathering the Five which I read at the time and then there's Reboot uh, which I don't I don't remember and then there was like you know like 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 Paul Jenkins Green Goblin just like mind raping Spider-Man and then the JMS run that, I remember that a lot more clearly yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that was I'm in the same boat as you but I guess the point is the yeah. bankruptcy is what bottlenecked everything and then once the movies hit and everything started to fly then it just expanded again okay yeah, cool and, uh, that's cool <laughs> the more you know. Okay, just uh, just just to kind of wrap things up. Um, my last thought is is good artwork, good um, good artwork. Pretty much by three quarters of the story, uh, kind of mediocre storytelling, and that's about all. So I'm going to give it a yeah. C. Um, I, I gave it a B earlier. The more I've talked about it, the more you know I'm kind of medicated. I'm kind of all over the place tonight. And I apologize <laughs> to our listeners. Um, I just I think it was a C plus. It wasn't necessarily a B minus. The more I've talked about it, the more I've thought about it. So I've changed my grade because I'm the host, damn it. Except for this episode. <laughs> yeah, how did that happen? Anyway, uh, yeah, because I'm I'm very I'm not very I'm not feeling very good. Anyway, um, I think uh, Don, we want to wrap this episode up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this was episode question mark of Closing Our Chronicles. Um, forty. And forty. I guess I suppose next uh, episode we'll cover, um, in no particular orders. ASM four hundred nine, Spider Man sixty six, Sensational number two. Um, just say the return Spec of two, Kane. Oh yeah, the return. Two thirty one. Spec two thirty one and two thirty two. Because two thirty two. Yeah, it's or two two thirty two and two thirty three. I think so. What it is. Looking so two, two, We'll do two issues of Spec next time. Yes, because of the way it fell in this episode. I didn't want to try okay. to make everybody read that. that. It's okay, okay. one shop. So, anyway, uh, and no, but, no, and you were going to make us. You were going to make us read a bunch of modern crap instead. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, we talked uh, about. Uh, 
Yeah, I know. Um, we'll, oh, we'll, yeah. I, I think we'll get we'll get back to the modern stuff eventually. I just I, I'm trying to figure out how to best go about that. So, because uh, I really kind of want to get these next ten months down and kind of be starting to put a bow on the story. Distract yourself during your wife's pregnancy <laughs> to finally yeah, finish the podcast you started five years ago. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> By finishing the clone saga. It's like, it's like between this and Batgirl to Oracle, which is like, you know, longest running side. <laughs> Listeners, take your bets. Which podcast finishes first? CSC or Spectacular Radio? Oh, that's not fair. Ooh, they, bo- that's not- they both have finite endpoints, though, Zach. Yeah, and I know. And Chronicles had like a five-year head start. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? So, anyway, we'll, uh... Gerard, Greg, Pankerstoff. Yes, I'm the host of Spectacular Radio. We've had some great guests on. We have Greg Wiseman on every month. We have, we've had Sean Galloway, Vic Cook. We've had Vanessa Marshall on. We have Jennifer L. Anderson on, who was the post-production assistant on season one and talent coordinator on season two. She's a regular, and we're hoping to have many more guests. And we have a great crew discussing one of the best Spidey series of all time. Gerard. Uh, uh, I'm not hosting Mayday Mondays lately because we, I, I almost died and then went on a lengthy spirit quest in which I tried to determine whether or not my soul perished even though my body survived. <laughs> this is not a joke, by the way. I really have been on like a weird I mental just, journey. You, you've been along for the ride with me, Zach. We've had those I weird have. conversations at like <laughs> in the middle of the. What afternoon. is the meaning of life and, and things like that? It's it's been very deep and yes. philosophical. Was I was I meant to live? Was I meant to die? Like that whole weird stuff. But anyway, yeah, the show will be getting back on track soon. I'll, we have a backlog of episodes recorded, and uh, the feedback has been good. I just hope I haven't lost you guys the delay here. But we'll be coming back to it soon. We'll be jumping into covering some of the other MC2 books as well. I think in the beginning of next year, we'll start to cover a next J2, just in special episodes, not not in depth or anything crazy like that. We'll right. start to expand the focus a little bit, and then of course, uh, <clears throat> you got to bring up that Spider Verse thing at some point. <laughs> we'll talk about the end of Spider Verse and how it affects everybody. Would you guys want to like wait until that story's done before you cover it? I think we're going to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's how we always do things. So. I don't even think it will be covered on Mayday Mondays, really, because it's more of a Ben Riley, Kane thing. Uh, well, you know, Mayday role Mayday. in the story has been frankly embarrassing, and, and well, Mayday is an ASM, and, spy- and Ben is in a si- satellite, so maybe she does take precedent. <laughs> you would think a who character knows? who probably is the second most prominent after Spider-Man in terms of making appearances and stuff like that would get better shrift than just being a weaseling, worthless character who just gets to be the focus of misogynistic whimpering all the, the whole time. But I guess not. I guess I want to be on when you guys cover, cover this. It, 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 it sounds funny already. I guess I guess her entire role is just to cry and get bitch slapped all the time. But yeah, I'm okay. complaining about it. like uh, just like a woman. Am I right, boys? <laughs> We're not ending the show on that. Um, yeah, please, please take I've, it away from me, Zach, because you can tell I'm starting to boil yeah. already. Yeah, he's starting to boil over. Anyway, um, one of the things I'm going to be working on over the next few weeks is there was uh, in 2012 there was a. Um, crossover episode with the now deceased podcast called uh, Teenage Wasteland and Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. Oh, that old shame. Was it 2012 or that was 2011 or 2010? Uh, it may have been 2010. I think it, was it could be. Uh, it may have been, yeah, but it, it was early on in our run. People, and it's one of those things where people have asked us if, if uh, we've ever covered the Ultimate Clone Saga, and we have. 
We covered it in pretty implicit detail. We went issue by issue. Yeah, and, we even uh, covered an issue that had nothing to do with the Ultimate Clone Saga. That, and uh, so we're, we'll bring out that old chestnut. We're gonna we're gonna bring that bring that back for the for around the holiday season because I'm gonna have a five day break uh, around Christmas. So I'll just uh, be hammering those away, and I'll be hammering this episode away. So I'm glad that you guys got to listen to it. Don, thank you so much for filling in and hosting duties. Oh, it was fun. Before I before you uh, roll the credits, I need to pimp my stuff too. Oh yeah, D- dude, drawer. Oh, drawer. <laughs> Donovan, you can tell how dare you. <laughs> All my people look the same. Um. No. Well. Uh, this uh, this this show's been going on for five years. BTO just celebrated its five year anniversary, and this December, which we're recording but may not be hearing, who knows, is the third anniversary of the Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast, the uh, uh, the show I host with my friend Jesse, with our friend Jesse on Dragon Ball Z, the anime series that everyone has obviously watched, including you guys. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> hey, now don't even don't even begin. We're celebrating that third anniversary with a special episode as well as the regular monthly episode, which you can find at dbznextdimension.listen.com. Also on iTunes, we also we're also on Facebook. Join our Facebook page there. Um, I'm also part of the Comic Book Film Review, which I do with Bertoni, Stella, and Chris Linus, Crazy Chris, where we cover comic book movies. Our latest episode on the 2004 Punisher has recently come out, which we really all well, really enjoyed. Find that I at. Uh, Ooh, I gotta listen to this if you guys liked it. Cause it was split down the middle, positive and negative. Okay, I gotta I gotta listen to this then. I, yeah, I thought that was a really good. I love that movie. Um, did I? We'll see. <laughs> uh, it is on cbfreview dot dot com. You also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page now. Come the comic book film review review spelled R E V U E, and find that podcast episode and our, our other episodes, our previous episodes, on those sites. I'm on the Gotham Chronicle, which is taking a brief hiatus because we reviewed the Gotham television show on our podcast. And because that show's on a hiatus, so are we, but you can find that at thebatmanuniverse.net. I am on this show, Clone Star Chronicles, and I believe that is it. I hope I'm not forgetting something. I don't think well, I you'll be on... working man you'll podcast. Be on, <laughs> you'll be on Mayday Mondays when I finally get around to recording those. Yeah, I mean, that'll be the... the uh, I, I I'll be the reluctant defense attorney for that. No, no, because... no, 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 no. There's an there's an issue. There are two issues where she travels back to ASM twenty five. Got to get you on for that one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the one where that's the one where um where Liz and uh, Betty yell at each other on the way to meet Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually read that story. I actually read that Spyro story like like. like like ten years ago, if I've, I've not read it since, yeah, I'll, I'll be on there for that. Yeah, I uh, I think that uh, there was a wink and a nod on ASM Classics to this whole thing because you guys had Gerard on. And you can you can uh, you can find us on Facebook at spidey-dude.com's home of the Clone Soccer Chronicles and Spectacular Radio podcasts. Also, home of the Mayday Mondays too. Couldn't change the tagline on the. Yeah, it couldn't make it to the title though. <laughs> I'm such a jerk. Anyway, um, so you can check us out there. Um, Donovan likes to post um, like uh, panels from each episode. So if you are uh, from like the Spider Verse stuff, so if you uh, you want to check out some of the better panels. Uh, that we've seen of the modern stuff. Check us out on Facebook. And uh, I think that will wrap up this episode of Clone Star Chronicles. We'll see you next time here on, here on Clone Star Chronicles, a podcast powered by spidey and spidey where you'll have work to do.